Hey everyone. Oh my gosh. This is our last yeah. episode for the for summer. The summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're listening to Be Still Be Free with Monica and Sarah. And uh, we're wrapping up not just a series on unexpected lessons from unlikely ladies. We are wrapping up a season. I know. This is our season finale. Our season finale before we come back in the fall. Yeah. Fall That's meaning crazy. like the hottest month of the summer, August. August. <laughs> <laughs> nothing... School starts back, so it's fall. There's nothing fallish Not about August. Even remotely. But hopefully the next time we come back, we'll be able to record a few things yes. and then go take a dip in the pool. February was incredibly um, mild this year. Because yeah. typically in February, I feel the way I feel about August. In February, I'm ready for warm sunshine. I'm tired of cold. Mm-hmm. My I'm tired of my bones hurting because, you know, I just get so cold. Um, and I want to go and get a tanning membership so yes. I can sit in the bed like every yes. day. August, I'm so tired of sweating. I'm so <laughs> the tired of humidity is ridiculous. We're sitting outside for football games. Oh We're my sitting gosh, get, it's like brutal. I'm over it. Like it's, brutal. it's so brutal. There should be no high school or college football <laughs> when it's anything over 85 degrees. I know. And Just, then September comes and you're like, oh my, you know, <laughs> you're hopeful. Like it's like around the 17th. It's still you're like, little, maybe. Yeah. Are you saying you might be <laughs> I want to wear corduroy and yet it's 90. <laughs> I don't even imagine you own corduroy. Do you own corduroy? I used to. I, I, there was, no, not yet. Yeah. But I love corduroy. Like they're really fine. Like a oh, yeah. pair of. Yeah. Anyway, I do. I do too. I I think guys, corduroy pants. I love a good, yeah. like a just a really sharp corduroy <laughs> pant. Um, and so I think it Ryland. It was they had some, and it was a, like a I don't know American Eagle or Gap or whatever. And he's like, Mom. Oh, nobody no. wears corduroy. Yes. Like, like cute skinny what? jeans with a pair of boots and so cute. Well, he's not really wearing skinny jeans either. But. Well, yeah. Maybe more than the He's still cute, Selena. though. He's still He's cute. still a beauty but duty. Um, okay, hey, listen, we're doing Mary and Martha today. Hashtag, hey, listen. But it's, <laughs> but it's not it's not the Mary that goes with it's Martha. It's not the sister. <laughs> Sisters, That's Mary right. and Martha. We're actually talking about the um, mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, but same Martha that you're thinking. But same There's Martha. Okay, so I've got a little bit longer of a scripture that I want to read today because I really want to kind of set up the entire story. So this story is found in Luke um, 2. And I didn't look. I was going to, and then I decided not to be an overachiever that this story may be in all of the Gospels. I'm not quite sure. Okay. But Luke, because you know how many, uh, Mark, you know, oh, yeah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke, and John, like they kind of have a lot of the same stories, but in their own perspective. I pulled the one out of Luke. It may be in the others. So Luke 20 uh, or 2, 41 through 52. Every year, Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And I stop here because you think, well, how did they not know? But it was a massive group of people that would come into the city for Passover. And then that same group would go out. So just think about it. If you, you know... We're away on a baseball travel ball, you know, weekend, and there's 20 families and everybody, kids hop into each other's cars or whatever. You could see how easy it would be for a kid to be left and nobody to know. 
Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple courts, which I find it's very interesting that it was three days. Mm. Uh, They found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. (laughs) Even at 13, Jesus responds with questions. Right? (laughs) Always asking questions. Why are you worried? Right? Why are you worried about me? What are you worried about this for? Yeah. Don't you know I'm Jesus? Why are you searching for me? I am with you always, even till the very end of the age. So the first thing I would say is, man, what a conflict Mary must have had to temper her responsibility as a mom to a kid. Yeah. To the mom of Jesus. Right. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like he was out drinking, you know, with whoever. He was in the temple. Right. He was talking about his father. He was learning and he was teaching. And so I find that incredibly funny. But... You know, how often do we often, how often do we have a hard time tempering our responsibility of taking care of the child in whom God gave us and entrusted us to raise with also allowing that child to be God's and allowing God to to do what God wants to do with that child. Right. And I think it's that same tension. You're like, well, that was Jesus. But our kids belong to God. Yeah. They're not ours. Right. We're just the vessel. You know, we weren't chosen to bear and raise the son of God, mm-hmm. but we are all children Sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's an incredible lesson here of it, it is our job and responsibility to parent children. But yeah. at some point, you have to begin to take your hands off and you have to allow God's hands to be more on. I talk about this in middle school is really when I began to feel this happen where for so long, you know, we kind of are Jesus to our kids because it's so abstract. It's so weird and different. Like they, they can't get all that. So we're kind of that Jesus to them. And we exemplify that and teach them about him and lead them to him and, you know, teach them obedience and whatnot. And then around middle school, I could really feel like God had kind of said, okay, hey, Sarah, I've got this. Like, I need you out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're still available. You're mm-hmm. nearby. But I'm the inner circle now. Yeah. And I just need you more on your knees. And I need you trusting me. And I need you living palms open instead of palms closed. I need you to allow me to kind of have my way with your kid. And that's just really hard to do. And so I think Mary was in that exact same situation. She knew Jesus was God's, truly God's. Mm-hmm. But she was still the mom. And right. it it scared her. Yeah. And and what I love is how they said, how could you treat us like this? Why have you treated us like this? How often do our kids do something? And we're not really upset with them for doing it for them. We're like, how could you make me feel this way? Or how could you make me look bad in front of all these people? Yes. Yeah. That's probably the root of right? it. Right? Like, like it makes us look like we don't have yeah. any control over you and you're your yes. own free spirit and you do whatever you want. Don't you yes. know how that makes us look? Yeah. Don't you know what you did to my heart? Like I was in fear for you. And he's like, why? I'm God's God's got me. Yeah. It's everything is okay. So I just think right there is a parallel that every mom 
should be able to connect with. And if you're sitting here listening and saying, yeah, but that was God's son, Jesus, um, you better look at your kid because mm-hmm. your kid is God's son or daughter as well. Mm-hmm. And that's biblical. Um, can you imagine, can you imagine getting on to Jesus? <laughs> I'd be very nervous about yeah, parenting. Yeah, and again, that fine line for Mary to know, I mean, she had, he was in the form of flesh, right? He was part man, part God, so he had to go through childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he nursed like mm-hmm. any other baby. He wore a diaper like any other baby or cloth, you know, whatever. Like, he still went through all those childlike things, and so I'm sure she had to don't touch the hot fire. Right. Don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Quit pulling on the ox's tail. Yeah. Like all <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't stand behind the cow. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there's so many things that I'm sure she still had to teach him um, and be a mom in that. But could you imagine being the one who gets onto Jesus? And yet how often do we look at him and say, what are you doing? Why are you making me feel this way? Why did you choose to take me through this? Why did you leave me? Right? Because he left Mary and how he made Mary feel. You know, why did you leave me hanging? Why didn't you answer my prayer? Why didn't you fix this problem? I mean, we look at Jesus and get onto him all the time. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of like, man, Mary got onto Jesus. We do. Yeah. We do. We just don't want to call it the same thing. And I think that is another parallel that we have in this story is, you know, there are a lot of times we have our hands on our hips, looking at Jesus, pointing our fingers, saying, yeah. you did this to me. Young man. Where yeah. have you yeah. been, young man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are past your curfew. Right. And then how often do we not understand what Jesus or God is saying to us? You know, it says, oh, why, why were you searching for me? He, oh, but they did not understand what he was saying to them because he was saying, hey, why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Didn't you know I had to be in the temple? Didn't you know that's where I needed to be in that moment? Don't you know that's where I'm going to always be? Mm-hmm. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And so how often does God or Jesus give us an answer and we just don't understand what he's saying? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, Take it as in we didn't get an answer. Right. Right. Just because we don't understand him in the moment doesn't mean that we won't understand him in the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times do you not know why you're going through what you're going through until once you've gotten through it and you can look back on it? And it's all clear. Then it becomes very, very, very clear. And so, um, you know, I I would say to ourselves when we sit back and want to question Jesus because we don't understand him. Yes, I think we can ask him those questions, but then once he gives us the answer, we just need to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him and allow him to direct our paths. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he continued to do for Mary. Mm -hmm. It was hard for her, um, and we don't hear from her a lot. This is one of the only parenting examples that we see in the Bible of Mary and Jesus. Um, And then what... Um, should we treasure more than we question, right? I think sometimes we get so caught up into our questions that we forget to to have things um, that we treasure in our heart. And I get this from Mary where it says that his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Mm-hmm. And so she treasured these. These became precious to her. Mm-hmm. This, you know, talking to him. And I think 
she had to kind of known that God was going to work all this together and she just kind of held it in her heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But how often do we continue just to question because we don't understand instead of a question once and get our answer and just hold on to that and live in that and and to treasure it in hope. Mm -hmm. I kind of think of that anxious anticipation, you know, we're we're waiting in that. (sighs) When's the answer really going to come? When am I really going to understand this? And I look at all the things that you and I have been through, you know, when I called you and Chris was going through everything he was going through this job at the time. And you're just waiting in anticipation of what the answer is going to be. And you look at Greg's situation with what was going to be his next step and houses and school and kids and everything else. And she treasured it all in her heart and just waited in anticipation of what it was all going to mean. And instead, I don't think sometimes we get into the anticipation of it. I think we just kind of get into the doubt and mm-hmm. the question of it and the despair and the discouragement because we want the answer and the understanding mm-hmm. immediately. I think we get the answer. A lot of times I was telling Monica um, about my daughter having to make kind of a hard decision by tomorrow. Um, you know, I think that she is thinking about these questions. She's thinking about the answers. Um but I think sometimes she just gets bogged down into the immediate of it, you mm-hmm. know? And so my thing to her is I want her to trust where she's at in that moment and mm-hmm. that God is going to reveal to her something. You know, she's kind of like a thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. What's God's answer going to be? And I don't know necessarily that it's going to be a thumbs up, thumbs down answer. I think it's kind of a, Hey, I want you to, walk through a door Mm -hmm. and neither door is wrong. I'm not going to tell you immediately which door I want you to go into. I want you to treasure in your heart that I'm going to go with you no matter what, that it's all going to work out and I'm Mm -hmm. going to bring you out on the other end. So there's just a lot of lessons. I think in this one little story between Mary and Jesus, how we are with Jesus and then also how we are with our own children. Absolutely. I love that um, <clears throat> analogy that you just drew with Addie. Cause just the other day we were, we're moving right now and um, Jana and I were in the garage of our new house going through some boxes. And I found the box that had like my old cheer uniform, no and way. All, which was so much fun. Like she tried it on. I took a picture. That's it was so awesome. much fun, but she is, um, She's a freshman in high school. She doesn't have like Addie has volleyball. She doesn't have volleyball or sports. She's still trying to figure out like her mm-hmm. thing or her things or her direction. She's just, she's in a searching phase, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Um, but she just made a comment of like, like, am I going to have a box like this, like full of stuff and memorabilia? Um, and I had to remind her like, baby, this whole box, this, all this cheers, this was one year. This was senior year. That was it. This is all just senior year. And you've got time and just like reassuring her and guiding her. Like you walk through this with God and he's going to, he's going to unfold these layers of who you are and what he's called you to little bit by little bit. Just keep taking those next steps and, but treasure those things as you find them. And, um, so I just, I think that's beautiful. You know, it's interesting about talking about, am I going to have a box like this? Um, Chris and I recently, about a year ago, we were going through our storm room because we were putting the house on the market. So we were trying to just purge. Mm-hmm. And I had a, uh, you know, this old chest that had the big, you know, locks, locks on yay, it yeah. So I have one of those and it had tons of memories in them. And I threw probably 90% of it away. And I probably had never really even opened it, right, Um, in years. And so it's interesting that you say that because we did the same thing with a lot of Chris's stuff. You think in the moment that those 
those memories are going to mean so much for the rest of your life. And then 20 years later, you look at them and yeah. you smile and you're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, oh, like springs back this and back come that. back and... But yet you are like, yeah, I don't really need to keep those anymore because yeah. it's not really a part of my current day life. And I, we asked the kids, we're like, hey, are you interested in these? And they were like, no. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to throw them away. Boxes of trophies, yeah. bo- you know, just all kinds of stuff that we thought yeah. my Letterman sweater. Yeah. You know, my kids don't want my Letterman sweater. So why am I going to keep that and just from house to house, keep moving it keep with moving me, it. you know? Um, I did keep... A box of letters. I had every card and every letter that I had written during college to my friends and to my family, uh, to my sisters and stuff like that. So I did keep that. That was yeah. kind of neat. But it's easy. Again, it's easy to get bogged down into the what somebody else has and what you don't have. But yeah. you don't really you don't really need it. You right. think it's going to be a big difference maker and it really is not a big yeah. difference maker. Yeah. Her box is going to be filled with so many other neat, unique yeah. Experiences and, and so forth. Absolutely. And, 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 and her journey is not going to look like my journey. I was going to say that even if she's like confiscated my old sorority sweatshirts Love and wears it. them like three days a week to school. That's and so fun. Like she's probably not going to be a sorority girl. I don't care. Yeah. And that's what I tell her all the time. Like I want you to be who God is calling you yeah. to be. So that journey is yep. your journey. If yep. you need to be in the temple about your father's business and not right. kick the can in the wilderness, Go do it. Yes. I'm not at. So anyway, that's, that's good a, stuff. I love that analogy. Good stuff. Okay. So I'm talking about Martha. There's three different places, stories that Martha um, shows up in the Bible. The one is with um, her sister, Mary, and she's making the preparations for Jesus to come over. The other one is when um, Lazarus was about to die. And she's like frantically trying to get Jesus there. And it's like, if you'd have been here, then he would have lived. Um, and then after that, when Uh, It was Passover and Lazarus had been raised and they're having a dinner and Mary breaks the the oil jar and pours it over his feet. So those are the three places Martha shows up. I'm going to be talking about the first one with her and her sister and preparing the dinner. Um, First things first, I feel like Martha was an Enneagram one with a two wing. (laughs) (laughs) I think I believe that. She just, things were very black and white. Yep. There's right and wrong. There's a to-do list. Yep. There's things to get done. But she was such a hospitable spirit. Yes. So hospitable. And I think that her motivations were pure. I think it's just I the way absolutely. that she felt life was. I, yeah. Martha and I think would have really been very similar creatures. Yeah. And she seeks fairness. She mm-hmm. acts swiftly. So I don't know. I was just, as I was reading and preparing, I was like, she's such a one-two. Yeah. She's such a one-way-two. Yeah. I'm a one-eight-two. <laughs> I'm a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Depends on the day. If there was a 10, she'd be a 10. <laughs> I am a 10. Thank you. I'll run down the beach with my braids. Uh, so we make assumptions from the story that Martha was just like busy, 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 like yeah. running around, getting the lasagna out of the oven, making the garlic <laughs> bread, tossing the salad. And that she's watching her sister, like, just gaze up at Jesus with all these puppy mm-hmm. dog eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the story mm-hmm. that we take away. Um, but Luke 10, 38 has this one little phrase in it that we, that is interesting. It says, Martha had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And David Gusick and other commentators are clear to point out that while Martha may have been distracted in this particular moment, that it was obvious that she too, at other times, had been at Jesus' feet. That's awesome. And learning and observing. So this was not her all the time norm. Mm -hmm. This was probably the first time Jesus was at her house. So of course, naturally... It's a much bigger deal. That's right. But she was not the one that was never sitting at Jesus' feet. Right. 
her, she did for sure. Like they're very, it's very clear about that. I think one was just more starry eyed and the other was more like, Hey, that's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bible Gateway, I love this, says we have no spirit, no scriptural warrant for affirming that the difference between the quiet, pious Mary and her industrious sister is that of light to darkness. In the church, there are vessels of gold and others of silver, but we are not justified in saying that the character of Mary is worked in gold is in gold and that Martha is in silver. These two sisters that in the Bethany family had their respective appropriate talents and each of them served the master accordingly. So we all the time will be like, Mary was number one and then Martha was number Mm -hmm. two. And that is not the way God sees them. That's not the way Jesus approached the situation either. So Martha was not less than because of how she handled the situation. I love it because I almost feel like the story of Mary and Martha is more of a um, lesson about personalities. Yeah. God saying, Hey, Enneagram one, it's okay. Yeah. Just sit and listen. Yeah. I appreciate you're doing all of this. Yeah. You don't have to do all this. Right. And this has been my life Mm -hmm. journey. I don't have to do all of this in order to be a good and faithful servant. Yeah. You know, well, and I'm going to come back to maybe some other, another way to look at what Jesus, how he rebuked her, Mm -hmm. another perspective on that too, in just a second. Um, well, no, I'm going to do that right now. Um, so (laughs) So his rebuke to her wasn't as much as like, he's like, you're distracted. Like Martha, Martha, like you're distracted about so many things. There's only one thing that's really important Um, because she had gone to Jesus and was like, why is she not helping me? I don't. So um, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So certainly he knows how she's wired. Mm -hmm. He knows how she was created. He knows her gifts and her strengths. But um, I see his response to her as being very gentle and kind and reminding her that the bread of life is more important than the bread in the oven and that complaining and being frustrated with your sister is only going to add to your level of distraction. Um, And I think it was his way of saying, let it go. Don't worry about her. Focus on me. Um, And I think, too, that it wasn't that he was rebuking her for being distracted as much as he was rebuking her for being complaining and critical. Yes. So I I think he totally had all the grace to be like, I get why you're distracted. I know how you, what your heart is and why you're doing all of this, but don't come complaining to me about this. Let her be her. I'm going to let you be you. Yeah. You let her be her. Um, Give her the grace that I'm showing you in your personalities. And I just, I I love that perspective. Oh, it's so good. Because we so often are just like, oh, Martha was distracted and he was rebuking her for that. And I'm like, I think he was rebuking her more for being complaining and critical. Yeah. He's not going to ever, Jesus doesn't, like, like we always talk about our character is more important than our actions. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, he was saying your character is more important than your, like your actions are busy work. I know you're not going to spend the day in the kitchen. I know you're going to come back out here and sit with me. Right. But you're being super negative and toxic. That's it. Um, I can't tell you how many times Chris has had to have this conversation with me. Right. Because I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, um, don't you want to get up and help me do this? Don't you? I have a sister and if she heard this, Laura would completely agree with it. Um, You know, we get done at the family table with whatever we've eaten and my mom and I are in the kitchen and she is always kind of finding something else to do or, you know, whatever. Like um, she just is not one for jumping in and, you know, doing Mm -hmm. whatever. Me, I'm like, Hey mom, what do you need help with? And okay, well, if mom's not going to sit down, I'm not going to sit down. And, um, Oh, well this needs to be done. So I'm going to do it. And so I, you get wrapped up into the, and I've had to just be like, okay, I just got to let her be Mm -hmm. who she is. And Chris would tell me that because Enneagram ones are so strong, right and wrong. Mm -hmm. 
And I think Enneagram ones are extremely high discerners. I think if you studied Enneagram ones, you would probably find that the gift of discernment probably lands in that, in that world. So there's a lot of insight and with a lot of insight. And then with a lot of justice, you put those two together and you can become incredibly critical and judgmental without even realizing that you're doing that. Right. And you're probably right and justified for how you feel, mm-hmm. but you got to just call that where it's at and leave it there and not let it go on. And so Chris has had to have the same conversation with me. Like, listen, I get it. I understand why you are the way you are, but you understand that that Mary, Mary didn't even have the thought about getting up and going and fixing lunch because she's like, Jesus is here. I'm just going to hang out with Jesus. You know, why would I not just hang out with Jesus? He'll make some manna and turn some water into, you know, like whatever. Like she's, she's very, and maybe Mary also was like, I know what Martha's like. She's going to do things her way. I'm going to be in her way. I'm going to do it wrong. She's going to get frustrated with me. So I'm going to just step back. Yeah. Cause that's how I've been with yeah. a lot of situations, whether it's like kitchen, not kitchen related, but just other stuff. Like there's enough people doing that. I'm just going to get in the way. Cause I'm not strong in that. I don't yep. know what I'm doing. I'm going to have more questions. They're going to yep. get frustrated for my personality. Martha has been one of the most wonderful biblical lessons yeah. for me all, all of my adult life. Yeah. I think it's just so important to be reminded that she was not wrong. Right. What she was doing was not wrong. Her attitude was what right. her heart, her, out, the her problem outlook. Was. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe.com had three surprising facts that, um, we've overlooked about Martha. And I just want to hit those quickly. One, Martha was loved by Jesus just as she was. Mm. Um, and so we just, we see that we've talked about it. This is his wink to us who are made like Martha. Our serving is not the problem. Sometimes our attitude while we serve is. Yes, there's a time for sitting, but that is not what makes us loved. Even when we have a bad attitude, his love remains. So Mm. I love that. Love that. Um, Number two, Jesus never asked Martha to be Mary. Mm. Those who identify with Martha often feel like something is wrong with them because they're not wired like Mary. But let's not confuse correction with rejection. Um, When Jesus told Martha Mary had chosen the better thing, he was not saying Mary was better than her. Just that in this instance, she had made a better choice. Which again was probably more related to attitude than anything. It was action. Yeah. And then number three, Martha had great faith. And we see that later when Lazarus is dead and like she walks up to Jesus, like, if you would have been here, he would have been saved. Like she totally believed in him. Like Mm -hmm. she had the faith, but she didn't realize that his power was greater than his presence. Like he didn't need to be there in order for it. So anyway. So good. um, So that's that's Mary and Martha. That's awesome. Different Mary and Martha. Yeah. Yeah. And this now, friends. Is the end for a couple months? For a couple months, and Which, we don't we don't promise what day we'll be back. We <laughs> let flurry. you know about a week or so in advance. <laughs> hey, we're back next week with a brand new series. It's a floating kind of thing, um, but you know it's it's always good because it's God God breathed, and we just kind of let Him tell us when when mm-hmm. to come back. And this is episode one hundred and eighty five, so I'm, I'm pretty sure a majority of people listening. If you do find yourself kind of, you know, wishing we had some new episodes, maybe go back to mm-hmm. one and start from yeah. there and re-listen to some old ones or find a series that maybe you missed. And this is a summer, ironically, we don't put in, put out anything new, but summer is usually the time Our which has been, number. we get the most listens throughout mm-hmm. the summertime. I think it just gives you all a breather to catch yeah. up and, um, Maybe you're just going through a season and are scrolling through going like, I, oh, yeah, that's that particular episode looks like it's something I need for this time. So yeah, definitely. Listen and find them and, and reach out to us. Yeah. If you've got ideas about some series you might like to see mm-hmm. us invest in and 
Um, we'd love to hear that. If you feel like we are beneficial to you and might be beneficial to others, please share us. Mm-hmm. Please give us ratings and reviews. That just helps other people find us better. And we love that we get to do this and just wish we could sit around a table with everybody. I know. Wouldn't that be so There's fun? There's so many podcasts doing live shows now, like all the time. So maybe that's something that God will open up for us. Yeah. In the next while. Maybe. Never know. We love all of you. We thank you for listening. Have an amazing, incredible summer. Yeah. And we will talk to you eventually. Please still be free. Bye.